Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Maxwell, and today with me is my co-host, Brayden, and guests, Jaden and Austin. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hey, this is Jaden, and I'm back, boys. Hey, guys, my name is Austin, and I have to say that my favorite game series is the Doom series. So today, we're talking about open-world adventure games, so be prepared for a long one. Open-world games are just like they sound. They're games that take place in a massive 3D world and have a multitude of subgenres, such as open-world RPGs, shooters, platformers, action games, and many more. Most of these games have a main storyline, but can be played well past that point and have a lot of replayability. It is a genre of many fan-favorite game series, such as Borderlands, Fallout, Far Cry, Sea of Thieves, Legend of Zelda, Elder Scrolls, The Souls series, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Forza Horizon, Minecraft, Super Mario Odyssey, No Man's Sky, Genshin Impact, Generation Zero, Xenoblade Chronicles, and Metal Gear Solid V. While reading into the open-world genre, I discovered an article by the Washington Post that I read, and it had some statistics on the length of the main story and 100% completion in some newer open-world games. It laid out the longest games and completion times based on average playtime per day. If you take an average of 4 hours a day, which is a fairly normal amount, Elden Ring, it'll take 11 days for the main story, and it'll take 24 days for 100%. Breath of the Wild will take 13 days for the main story, and a whopping 47 days for 100% completion, which is over a month in total. And these games are by far the biggest, but also longest. Transition. Transition. Starting off like normal, what's everyone's favorite open world game? Alright, so my favorite game is going to have to be No Man's Sky. It's got the biggest game map in gaming history. It's essentially infinite it's space exploration you have spaceships you can build bases and so forth the resource gathering and there's even a storyline to it although it's not that great to be honest uh so have all of us here actually played no man's sky just wondering yeah um, i've played no man's sky it's pretty fun i like it because if you can't land on a planet and no one else has discovered it it's basically your planet and it says that you discovered it and also you can terraform planets and build things on the surface of Planets are absolutely massive. They're maps in and of themselves. Yeah, and the combat's really cool in that game. So you fly around in the spaceship, you get guns, rockets, and if you're brave, you've got UAV shooters. Oh boy. Yeah, and if you're me, you can somehow find a way to break the game in the worst way possible. I have lost incredible amounts of good materials in that game just because the game does not like me. And, uh, Austin, did you say you've played this game, or no? I myself have not played no-, no Man's Sky yet, but I must say it does look really fun. And the thing is, with Crashing Gansets, though, we accidentally duped an exotic. I remembered when I found it, you got into it first before I could. And then I crashed, and it ended up that we both had the same exact exotic right after. Uh, so for the people that don't know what an exotic is, an exotic is a very, very rare spaceship with special designs on it. It tends to have higher stats, it's a lot faster, more maneuverable, has a longer uh, hyperdrive range than the rest of the, the game. And what about you, Austin? My, my favorite open world game would have to be a Fallout 4, which is a game set in the future, in the year 2077, or at least that's when the game starts. Uh, basically, there is a, a nuclear war, and your town actually gets blown up by a nuke. But you have to enter into a vault for many years, and then you resurface. And really, the main goal of the story is to find your son who got stolen from the vault. Uh, as you explore the open world, you get to, uh, you know, join like multiple different factions, do different side quests, and there's also lots of like mutated creatures and monsters that you have to fight. Yeah, I have a little bit of experience Fallout Four. I haven't beat it though. I've been told it's really, really fun by you and a few other people. 
But, yeah, I can see why you definitely like it. It is a very fun game. And uh, one thing I want to mention, too, that I think is really unique about Fallout 4 is that it's set, you know, pretty far in the future, but its style is kind of this older style, like, from kind of the 19, like, 50s and 60s. And I think that kind of mix of, like, those two time periods, I think, is honestly really special. Yeah, personally for me, my favorite character in the game has to be Dogmeat, which is the dog you come across when you first start the game. He is a German Shepherd that somehow survived the nuclear blast. And what about you, Jaden? My favorite open world game is Borderlands 2, which is another post-apocalyptic open world game. But instead of like Fallout, where you have a goal, typically in Borderlands, you just run around. It's like kind of like a run and gun. And typically in the Borderlands series, there are four characters that you can pick from that each have their own unique set of abilities and, like, weapons that they start off with. Yeah, Borderlands 2 was a bunch of fun. I've also played Borderlands 3, which I also quite enjoyed, although the story was not that good. But the gameplay was still amazing in the Borderlands games, and it's there's just nothing not to love about it. My favorite open-world game is another post-apocalyptic game known as Generation Zero. Generation Zero takes place in a fictional land known as Sweden. Just like what always happens in Sweden, Russia sent a bunch of giant mechs to come and kill everybody in Sweden, which makes you the last living generation. Personally for me, Gen Zero is a lot of fun, and the mechs, they're challenging, and they're absolutely massive. And I personally have an experimental weapon, which is basically just Thor's hammer, and an experimental weapon is a weapon that is above the highest cost that you can find in normal loot. Typically, you get experimental weapons from Reaper class, which is the highest class mech that you could kill. And they're extremely hard. Personally, for me, it took over 20 tries to try and kill it. I died over and over and over and over again until finally I got close enough to just wallop on it with my hammer. The physics in Generation Zero are also uh, quite fun. There are some explosive canisters you can get, and when you take an explosive canister and shoot down at it, it will explode and cause you to fly a small distance. See, what we decided to do was take about a hundred of these, point my rocket launcher down, and shoot down. I ended up flying a quarter of a mile away in less than two seconds. Before we move on, how about you tweet at us what your favorite open world game is at GameBoys024, G-A-M-E-B-O-Y-Z-024. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. So what makes open world games what they are? Open world games are really a pest for people that are completionists and want to go 100% the game. As most of the time, they take a lot of time and a lot of effort to get through. Do you think that, like, adds to, like, the experience of the game? Do you think that makes it just more fun that, like, want to, like, 100% the game, get everything done, get it all, you know? I, I think it does add to that, but only for certain people. Like, if you are a completionist, it definitely does add to that. But if you're a regular player and you, you're just trying, it's a lot of times it'll get repetitive and it will get boring. But it, it still can be very fun for people. Like, for me, I'm, I'm big on completionists. It, it's still trying to 100% complete Breath of the Wild has been still fun for me even after many hours playing. Yeah, and to kind of add on about, like, the Breath of the Wild, I think what's nice about having, like, all the, you know, all the different side quests and everything in the game is that even after you've beat the game, you still have stuff to do. And, like, you'll pretty much always have something to come back to. So it's honestly, like, just such a unique experience with every time you get on the game. Yeah, and uh, with open worlds, it's just 
so 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 much replayability because there's always new stuff to do when you reset a game i personally played through like xenoblade like eight times and every time you play through it is like an 80 hour story also with fallout 4 uh like i mentioned earlier you know there's multiple different factions so what you could do is you know uh do one playthrough going through this one faction and then after you beat the game you could do another playthrough by but do a different faction and so i think uh, having you know kind of different teams and other you know other alternative uh storylines and quests i think is also something that really makes the open world game experience special typically from my personal experience what i've noticed is that open world games have a ton of content there's a ton of different endings there's a ton of different weapons that you can find and in some games like dark souls and elden ring there is different abilities that you can find and spells which just add to the content that you can experience in an open-world game. There's a reason why they're all so successful. It's been a while since a big AAA game, game developer has released a big open-world game, and it sucked. Other than Fallout 76 and Cyberpunk, those two kind of sucked. So in open-world games, DLCs are actually very common, which are downloadable content or just extras that you can add onto the game. They're usually for purchase. And they'll add so many different things into it, like Breath of the Wild's DLC adds you a whole new boss, new articles of clothing, a couple new missions, and so on. And I know Fallout 4 has quite a bit of DLC to it. Uh, what do you know about that, Austin? Yeah, so Fallout 4 actually has six different DLCs. Uh, three of them really aren't anything too special. They basically just kind of add a few you know, extra items into the game and stuff. But the other three are actually a little bit more significant as they actually add more stories, more side quests, and uh, locations into the game, too. Uh, I'd say definitely the biggest one of the three would have to be Nuka World. Uh, it basically adds a theme park uh, location in the, the map that's actually, like, really inspired by Disney World. It's actually quite similar to that. And so basically, you know, it just adds, like, more quests and stuff into the game, so gives you a little bit uh, more to do in the game. Otherwise, there's uh, Far Harbor, which basically kind of adds, uh, again, you know, more more quests and stuff, more uh, locations. Now, what's actually really cool about Automatron is in this DLC, you actually get to build your very own robot companions that get to follow you around. You can attach different weapons on them and stuff, which basically help you defeat, you know, all the monsters in the wasteland. And uh, it's honestly just, you know, a lot of fun being able to customize your very own robot. Another game that has a lot of DLCs is Dying Light. Personally, my favorite DLC from Dying Light is the Left 4 Dead mod. And it gives you a ton of weapons from the Left 4 Dead games, such as the frying pan, the guitar, and something called Gnome Chomsky. It is a giant garden gnome that is roughly half the size of your character. And when you hit a zombie with it, the zombie basically gets a giant chunk taken out of it, and it's because he's called Noam Chomsky, he takes a bite out of him. Another personal favorite DLC of mine from Dying Light is the Secret Agent Bundle. It gives you a 9mm Glock 17 that has a silencer on it, and it also one-taps any zombie that you shoot from the neck up. And you also get a Secret Agent skin, which makes your character look like someone from Mission Impossible. So we're going to talk about Minecraft or what? Minecraft, one of the most phenomenal games ever. Like, if you haven't heard of Minecraft, then you are literally living under a rock because it's actually been around for over 10 years now. So definitely uh, a very popular game. 
I myself have actually been playing Minecraft since I believe it was 2013, so definitely a very long time fan of this game. So like Austin, I too also have a lot of experience playing this game. I grew up playing Java Edition on the computer. I eventually migrated it over to on the Xbox, Windows 10 Edition, and then I went back to Java recently. But uh, Minecraft is really customizable. You can really do what you, ever, or you want. Really, the possibilities are endless. There's infinite worlds for you to do whatever you want. And then on top of that, there's things like mods where you can modify the game. Along with mods, there's also multiplayer and servers, which you can invite your friends to and play with them in mini-games such as Egg Wars, Bed Wars, and Skyblock. There are also other types of mini-games like Battle Royale mini-games and Hunger Game-based mini-games. To be honest, my favorite part of Minecraft has got to be the uh, redstone side of things, which is essentially like wiring, so you can create contraptions with it, essentially like fancy doors, or you can create staircases that hide in a wall, and so on and so forth. What I also like about Minecraft is command blocks. It's essentially like coding in the game. It's not traditional coding where you can do like print hello world and it'll print out, but it's more of spawning items, and, and you can put them and manipulate them in certain ways, and if you're talented enough, or know quite a lot about coding, you can essentially make full-on actual computers in the game, or you can even make make uh, like the Google search engine work within the game, and you can use it. Transition. And that's about all for today. Thank you all for tuning into the Game Boys Podcast, and be sure to keep up to date by following us on Twitter and subscribing to the Jordan High School's Creative Communications Podcast on iTunes and Spotify. From the Game Boys, we hope you all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you in the next one.